It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Brewers on Tap. It is great to have you with us as the crew sitting at 40 and 33 on the season as we chat here today. The crew sitting in first place in the NL Central. They're tied with the Chicago Cubs, both teams sitting at 40 and 33, and both with a fairly healthy lead on the rest of the division. St. Louis is three and a half games back. They are four and six in their last 10 games. They're an even 500 at 36 and 36. Cincinnati, meanwhile, after they had swept the Brewers, they were feeling pretty good about things. They've lost every game since. They've lost five in a row. They sit at 35 and 36 on the year. They're four games back, and of course the Pittsburgh Pirates are sitting at 13 and a half games back of both the Brewers and the Cubs. So the Brew crew sitting in the driver's seat right now and feeling good about things. They lost to the Diamondbacks on Monday night. That was the first win in 18 games for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They had lost 17 straight before that win over the crew, 5-1 to one on Monday night. Brewers will try to bounce back and win the series. They have Peralta on the mound on Tuesday, and then they come back with Brandon Woodruff on Wednesday. So you got to feel pretty good about your chances with those two guys going in this series. Brewers split a series with the Colorado Rockies at Coors Field on the front part of this road trip. The crew will come home and take on Colorado again for reopening day on Friday, and then they'll play them Saturday and Sunday, and then the Cubs come to town. Boy, that's setting up to be a really big late June matchup between the Cubs and the Brewers. Can't wait for it. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Brewers can put a bunch of W's on the board before that series even gets here. What's going well for the crew? Well, Colton Wong is back from the injured list, and that's been great. He has been a big-time piece to this Brewers offense and defense. He's been everything the Brewers thought he would be when they signed him. He's currently hitting 284. He has five home runs, 18 driven in, five stolen bases. He's playing that great defense. Colton Wong has done a great job at the top of this order for the Brewers. Other names that are really starting to contribute for this team, well, one guy that's starting to put together some good at-bats and the Brewers really need him to, is Jackie Bradley Jr. Now, it's been a tough year for Jackie Bradley Jr. He didn't get on base much early. He didn't get hits much early. But he's starting to get on base at a much better clip. And he's starting to put together some hits here and there as well. And if you look back, basically since this road trip started for Jackie Bradley Jr., he's getting on base at a really good clip. A lot of walks in there. He has five walks over the course of this road trip already, and he also has a handful of hits on this road trip. He has three hits on this road trip. So uh, it's a very good sign. It, it, it shows you that he's starting to see the baseball a little bit better. He's starting to put together better at bats. And when you're asking him to hit in the eight spot in your lineup, you're not asking him to be 
Colton Wong at the top. You're not asking him to be Christian Yelich in the middle of your lineup. You're simply asking him to be able to get on base a little bit and uh, be a piece to the bottom of that lineup that you can count on for some consistent production. So he's got three hits in his last five games. He has five walks in his last five games. It's not a huge number. It's not overwhelming, but it is progress. It's been a tough go so far this year for Jackie Bradley Jr. There's no question about that. Other guys that are having an impact offensively for this team right now. Well, we know Willie Adamas has been great. Since the Brewers traded for him, he's been huge. He has a two seventy nine average with the crew, four home runs, 18 driven in, an OPS north of 800 at eight two seven. He had the four-hit game the other night at Coors Field where he had three doubles and then the go-ahead home run that ended up winning the game for the crew. So he's obviously been outstanding, but it's been the production from Luis Urias since the trade was made that might be one of the more impactful things that has happened in this season from a Brewers lineup standpoint. Urias, since the trade, and the trade went down on May 22nd, that's when the Brewers started winning at a much higher clip, and Urias, since that trade, is hitting 278. He has five doubles, a triple, four home runs, 10 walks as well. So he has an OPS of 858 over those 28 games. That's a big thing. That's very important for the Spurs offense. It's one of the reasons why this offense has been better over the last month of the season. It's been a good stretch for the crew. They'll try to keep it going, obviously, as they move forward here throughout the rest of June and start getting themselves lined up going into that all-star break. Here's what we have for you on the podcast today. We're going to talk to a couple of different important pieces to this organization. First and foremost, Brewers General Manager Matt Arnold is going to join me. We're going to talk to him. We're also going to talk to somebody we just talked a lot about, Jackie Bradley Jr., and get his take on how this season has gone so far. And Derek Fisher made his Brewers debut during this road trip and immediately had a big impact, coming up with a couple of hits already in his Brewers career. He's two for eight so far on the year, but we'll talk to Derek Fisher as well. It is uh, all coming your way here. Let's jump into it with Brewers GM Matt Arnold. Let's break it down. Coming into this year, I think everybody understood this was going to be a year unlike any other because of a 60-game season last year and then going back to 162 this year. Everybody's calendars are a little bit different. Everybody's recovery was a little bit different from a player standpoint. So you guys anticipated you were really going to test your depth, and you went out and acquired as much of it as you could coming into this year. That's kind of come to fruition. 47th player of the season was used last night in Derek Fisher. You guys have really had to test that. And so far it's worked out well for you guys too. Yeah. Thanks Lane. I mean, yeah, so far I think we've had a ton of guys that have really stepped up in in a really good way. And I I think that's a a credit to our staff. I think it's a credit to our coaches putting guys in the right spot. I mean, I think Rick sweet does an incredible job keeping these guys game ready, major league ready uh, every night. And so I think it's just, it's just a combination of a lot of people being involved with that process but yeah, I mean, it, it is, uh, it certainly has been challenging early on. And, uh, you know, luckily we've, we've been able to get some really good performances some, from some guys on our roster. I think we talk about this, Matt, from time to time, but I don't know if it's totally understood on, on, a, on a larger level. And that is the, the communication between the on-field staff and the front office. I, I, I think 20, 30 years ago, that was a thing, but it wasn't maybe as big of a deal as it has turned into now with, with analytics and with shifting and with management of arms and everything that goes into it. 
um, figuring out matchups and things of that nature. It's a huge deal. And I feel like you guys do it as well as anybody. And it's, it's a big credit to you guys, but it's also a big credit to Craig and his staff on how you guys all work hand in hand. It's really kind of fun to watch from my vantage point over the course of a season. Yeah, Elaine, I think you're exactly right. I think it starts with, with having good trust, you know, top to bottom. I think we have really good teamwork, I think, from, from Craig and, and Pat Murphy, all of our coaches, I think, in that connection to the front office. And then ultimately, you know, really distilling that into something that's digestible for the player, you know, and, and all of that information, because there's just, you know, as you know, there's just more and more information in the game these days. And for us to be able to sort of distill what's important, I think it's a credit to our coaches for being able to really understand what what is most important and get that to the player in a, in a, in a digestible way. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an, it's a year long job, you know, it starts, you know, even in the off season, sort of what's most important, what, what do we want to get in front of our players? What do we want to get in front of our coaches? But yeah, I I think a a lot of credit goes to Craig and his staff uh, for making that connection both with the front office and with our players as well. It's a great point because some guys want more information. Some guys don't want as much and you have to be able to balance that and figure out how you feed certain things to some guys and, and maybe back off on other guys a little bit to help them be the best that they can be. I want to get your thoughts on the upcoming trade deadline. We're six weeks out, so we're still a little ways away from much movement happening in that regard, but you guys have an eye on it. Certainly. I think you guys always have an eye on that part of building the roster you have an elite pitching staff a team that when healthy is elite defensively and so this is a team kind of built for the postseason in a lot of ways so I'm sure that makes you excited about how you can complement this team as you start looking at that over the next six weeks yeah Elaine I think I think you're right I mean we we do feel like we we have a a, the type of team that can compete here late into the season and so we feel good about the core of our roster but uh, as you know we're always looking to, to upgrade where we can and and do that responsibly and we have great support from our, our ownership group Mark Atanasio and and David Stearns obviously that you know we have we have great partner partnership there and so you know where we have an opportunity to upgrade I think responsibly we'll certainly look at that um, you know there there are probably a couple different spots where we could potentially target but uh, ultimately, we, we do feel really good about our, our unit at, at the moment. And like you said, the core of this group feels like it's some, a team that should hopefully be able to compete here late into the season. Matt, how does that timeline start to intensify over the next six weeks? Like as we get to July 1, do things ramp up a little bit more? And then the all-star break, of course, we know it really starts getting going at that point. Yeah, so we so we have um, over the over the next few weeks, we'll probably be making calls regularly. Um, I'll be I'll be making a ton of different calls, I think, to different teams and, and David will as well. And just with the relationships we have around the league, uh, the, you know, we'll we'll be able to sort of assess what teams are looking for. And if there's a potential overlap, I think the example uh, early on here was was the deal that we made for Adamas and Richards. You know, it just happened to work out, and obviously that's something we spent quite a bit of time on. But when you when you it, those are the kind of deals that are great when they help both sides immediately, and you'll see that teams will have a better sense of what they want to do as they get closer to the deadline, whether that's whether they want to buy or sell or potentially hedge as we get closer to the market. So we're making those calls right now, and we'll probably have a good amount of information before we start, you know, really digging in. Well, Matt, we appreciate it as always. Thank you so much for the time. I know you're a busy man, so we appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Lane. And my thanks to Brewers GM Matt Arnold for joining me here on Brewers on Tap. No question, with the pandemic and everything that's gone on in the last 18 months, there's been a lot to navigate for David Stearns and Matt Arnold, and they've done an amazing job putting the Brewers once again in position, sitting in first place in the NL Central as we start to turn the corner 
uh, into late June and into early July. Well, one of the big additions this group went out and made in the offseason was outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. He signed after spring training had already begun. And as we outlined earlier, the offense hasn't been there from Jackie so far this year, but that doesn't mean it won't come. And it hasn't affected his defense at all. He's still playing remarkable defense. And I had a chance to catch up with Jackie during the last road trip to talk to him about everything so far in his time as a member of the crew. A great game for you last night individually. I know you wanted to come away with a W, but you had the big swing. And uh, I think that was one of the better defensive performances from this team collectively last night. You guys really did some good things in the field last night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Anytime you can put together some great defensive plays behind our pitching staff, uh, we like our chances. You uncorked a 95-mile-per-hour throw from center field to home plate. It basically went right to the chest protector of Omar Narvaez. I jokingly said on the air that if the Brewers get in a situation where they need somebody to pitch as a position player, you could just do it from center field. Would you be up for that challenge? (laughs) Yeah, that throw was all for show. I obviously knew he wasn't going to go, but um, it was funny that you say that because outfield coach Quentin um, Barry was kind of just talking to us about the throw miles per hour um, that, you know, all of us had collectively. And they were like, yeah, he was like, yeah, Jack, you haven't, I think you hit maybe, you know, 90. I was like, yeah, I I haven't really had to use it. I haven't had an actual play where I had to try to throw anybody out. Everything else was kind of just kind of just keeping the guy from it advancing. So I didn't feel there was the need to really throw it. And last night, I still didn't really feel the need to throw it, but it was just to prove a point that I had still there. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I can I can still get it up to triple digits if I need to. Jackie, you've talked a lot about it this year, that it, the offensive numbers aren't where they want to be, but I feel like you're getting more comfortable at the plate and you're putting some good at-bats together. You had a, a big swing, of course, last night. Do you feel like it, it's starting to come? I mean, all I can do is kind of focus on what I can, and it's obviously you, you want to hit the ball hard. It kind of gives you, numbers-wise, say it gives you the best opportunity to, to get a hit. Um, but you know, I hit it at people a lot, which isn't what you want to do. You know, you hope it, hope it turns around and I'll, I'll take anything bloops. I'll take it all. Um, any, any way you can help the team win. Um, that's what I'm all for. Yeah. We were talking about it last night that when you dive into the numbers, you you've been on the bad end of a lot of bad luck this year, uh, you've hit the ball hard a lot at guys. And in today's game, we have the ability to show that and prove that with numbers and everything. I mean, we track everything. So it's, it's, it's true. That's been a a big part of the story for you through this first half of the year. How have you liked getting in with this group? This has always been a group since Craig council has been here. That's been a really tight knit clubhouse, great culture. Has that all proven to be true to you in your first half of a season with the crew? Yeah, 100%. Uh, great group of guys, great teammates. And um, it's always fun when you have everybody pulling in the same direction. That goes from you know, upper upper management. Um, that goes from the coaching staff, uh, the players, people who are helping. In the locker room, it, it seems like everybody is really all in and, and pulling in, in the same direction. Jackie, today is the uh, beginning of the College World Series, and you're a College World Series legend. 
those South Carolina teams you were on were some of the best teams I can remember. I grew up just outside of Omaha. So going to Rosenblatt and now TD Ameritrade Park was like, that was a big thing for me growing up. I mean, those have to be unbelievable memories for you. And I'm sure you revisit those every year when the CWS gets started. Yeah, it's that was probably some of the best times of my life. Um, got to experience a lot of amazing things. Um, and I got to experience it with my family too. So that was pretty cool to have them there at both of both the college world series. And you know, I actually more so than the games, I remember the things that we did outside of baseball, you know, whether it was going to a certain restaurant or, you know, just hanging out around the hotel and, you know, certain conversations, some of my friends would, would come to the Cosmo series and we would, we would hang out. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun. Finally, Jackie, today is Juneteenth. And I feel like the last couple of years, more and more people are starting to, to grasp the importance of this day and, and celebrate it and, and give it its due. What has this day meant to you? And are you glad to see more and more people? I feel like with each day and each year for sure, starting to embrace Juneteenth. Yeah, it's, it's special. I think this has been a, a push that's been for, I want to say, a couple years, um, especially heavily um, over these these past couple years. But, you know, I, I'm glad to see the change. And, you know, I'm glad to, you know, help be a part of, part of that change. And, you know, hopefully, you know, things continue to keep going in the, the, the right direction. It's, it's a start. And that's all we can really ask for as a, as a start. And, you know, keep going, keep soaring from there. Well, we appreciate it, Jackie. Thank you so much for your time. You have such a great reputation in this game, and it is absolutely held true so far in your time with the Milwaukee Brewers. We appreciate it. Best of luck tonight. Thanks, Lane. I appreciate you. Another member of that outfield is Derek Fisher, the one-time big prospect with the Houston Astros, of course spent last year with the Toronto Blue Jays and looked good in spring training before dealing with the injury. He's had some struggles in terms of staying healthy over the course of this year, and he admits it's been frustrating, but now he's with the big league club and he's been able to have a pretty early impact in his time with the crew. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it right there. It was uh... – it's been a little bit of a grind here for me in the beginning of the season, just to try and stay healthy and stay on the field. And, and, and me personally, I've not, I've not dealt with a lot of injuries in my professional career. So having a little bit of hamstring trouble and then it turned into a calf, you know, it, it, it can kind of test you mentally a little bit, but then uh, again, like you just said it, um, you know, when, 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 when it all has time to pay off and, and you get the opportunity, it, you know, all that time, uh, all that time rehabbing and all that time working to get back on the field is all well worth it. The timing of the injury is probably what was as frustrating as anything, because I thought you looked really good in spring training and like you were getting into a pretty good groove and then the injury happened. That that had to be frustrating because everybody comes to camp kind of feeling really good and feeling healthy. And then something like that can kind of throw it all off. Yeah, I mean, we all we all know how last year went and and how unassuming the year could have been and, and how much time we all had off. So for us to be able to come into spring training this year and and expect to play 162, um, you know, it, it, there, there's no question that we were all really excited to play, you know, more of a normal season this year. So, yeah, I mean, you know, having a having a little bit of an injury late in spring is is something that uh, can test you mentally and physically. And, and, and you definitely learn a lot about yourself. That's a fact. You spent, uh, of course, a lot of time with Houston and uh, with Toronto as well. What is different noticed so far in your brief time with the Brewers from some of the past organizations you've been with? You know, I've had. Uh, 
you know, with the experiences that I've had with other teams, um, you know, they've all been great with, you know, in, in, in different facets of the game and, and kind of just the day-to-day work. But, you know, from day one, getting into spring training with these guys and, and just kind of learning the, you know, the demographic of the team and, and how counts likes to run things. And man, I couldn't say enough about the staff and the guys and, and, and the entire organization, not just in the big leagues, um, the people, the players, um, you know, it definitely makes this place very fun. And um, when you're around the same people doing the same thing every day, that's about all you can ask for. And, and this team is, is a lot of fun and we definitely love to win and we love to have fun. So that's all you can ask. You made your season debut at Coors Field. Not a bad place to make your season debut and, and get your first start yesterday. And you come up big. Uh, take me through kind of what your mindset was going into the game and, and take me through the, the big at bats. You know, I, I, this is this is an outfield that's got a lot of talent. And um, not only do I get to watch some of the best do it every day, but um, to be able to uh, to help this team and con- contribute in any way possible um, is, is definitely something that I like to take advantage of. But, uh, you know, whether I'm on the field or not, this uh, this team and, and this outfield has a lot of guys that I can learn from. And, and whether I'm playing or not, just watching them go about their everyday work is is something that can speak for itself. Derek, did you go for a nice walk today in Arizona? What, what was the temperature today? I'll tell you what, last night we got off the plane. It was 93 degrees. So that was my decision. I'll probably, I'll probably be in the hotel. And if I do go outside, I might just cross the street. And that's exactly what I did. I just crossed the street and went right back in the hotel. It, it always blows my mind when you're down there in June or July, like five minutes outside and you're like, I'm done. It, it's Dude, really yeah. <laughs> it can get really, in, really hot. I'm in, Flo- I'm in Florida in the off season, and that's exactly how that place is. But four months out of the year, just like Arizona, there's a lot of time during the year where it's nice. But, man, when it's hot, it's it's hot. Yeah, there there is no doubt about that. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for giving us some time today. Great job so far, and, and best of luck moving forward, Derek. No question. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Checking in on the farm. As we go down to the farm, we begin in AAA Nashville. The Sound sitting at 26-14 and 14 on the year. Keston Hira goes 3-4 for four on Sunday with two home runs. He's reached base safely in all 19 games that he's appeared in for the Sounds. And in those 19 games, he's hitting 4-12 on the year with eight doubles, five home runs, and 14 RBIs. 13 walks as well for Keston Hira. Double A Biloxi. Well, Bryce Terang's been really good. He went 1-3 for three with a home run on Sunday. He is third in the AA South rankings in terms of hits. He has 42. He's also tied for second in RBIs with 25. Ethan Small's been great on the mound. He's pitching this year to a 197 ERA, and he has very impressive strikeout numbers as well. High A Wisconsin, well, they've got some very good production out of a few names. Javon Ward being one of them, Corey Howell being another one. Of course, David Hamilton's been great, and last year's first-round pick, Garrett Mitchell, has really performed for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They're sitting at 18-23 and 23 so far on the year for Wisconsin. They have some intriguing arms on the mound as well that have performed for them, but again, the, the real story is what these guys are doing at the plate. Howell's hitting 319 on the year with seven home runs and 20 driven in. Garrett Mitchell's hitting 313 in his 16 games that he's been with the Timber Rattlers. Javon Ward's hitting 296 on the year. And David Hamilton hitting 257, but he has 
been absolutely on fire on the base paths. He has stole 24 bases this year for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. In low A, the Carolina Mudcats have a winning record. They're sitting at 25-15 and 15 on the year. And the story there is Joe Gray Jr. and Felix Valerio. Those are the two big names to follow when you look at the numbers. Joe Gray Jr. hitting 315 with 10 home runs and 45 driven in on the year. For Felix Valerio, he was the piece that the Brewers got back in the Keon Broxton trade. He's hitting 333 with three home runs and 25 driven, and he has 13 doubles on the year also. Something to pay close attention to. Felix Valerio has been really good this year. And Ernesto Martinez also has performed well. 272 average with five home runs and 17 driven in this season. That's a look down on the farm at the Brewers Minor League Affiliates. And that's going to do it for us. Remember, reopening day coming your way on Friday. We want to see you out at the ballpark. It's going to be a blast. Should be so much fun. 310 start against the Rockies. Let's pack American Family Field and let's get this thing back to normal when it comes to the Brewers 2021 season. Hope to see you out there. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and go crew. I'm Wayne Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.